This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel straight out of a movie. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab for season three of Jewish History Nerds, a new season of intrigue, mystical realms, and bloody battles. Jewish History Nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing, yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Jewish History Nerds season three, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab, available wherever you Listen to podcasts. Growing up in the West, many of us as children encounter strange myths and traditions. One of the most famous is Santa Claus, but you know the one that always terrified me was the Tooth Fairy. Is that a fact, Ben? Yes, yes. I had a, I had a, uh, a deep and abiding uh, fear of the Tooth Fairy. I didn't like losing teeth. And I didn't like touching metal. I never have. So the idea that there would be someone who sneaks in and like switches this tooth that I have to sleep on top of with metal. Right. You know, some in the under the cover of darkness. It's a perfect storm of nightmare fuel for you, <laughs> yeah. for young Ben. It's true. It's true, Noel. It's true. What about you? Were you a were you a tooth fairy kid? Yeah, yeah. And you know, and I being a dad myself, mm-hmm. um, hey, by the way, we need to do a quick disclaimer here. Spoiler alert for uh, certain child-based things. Ah, yes. Spoiler alert uh, for stuff that's on a need-to-know basis. There you go. Yeah. That's a good diplomatic way of so, putting it. So we're going to do a countdown. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, two one. one. Yeah, so my kid just now uh, figured out that the tooth fairy is, 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 is me and, and, and her mom. <laughs> Did you get caught? Uh, no, I didn't, but <laughs> it just finally was like— She's like, when she's at my house, she gets a certain amount of money. When she's at mom's house, she gets a certain amount of money. And it kind of started being like, wait a minute, what? What's, and maybe that was our fault. We should have coordinated a little bit better. But 
Yeah, um, she was into it, and I was about it as well. Um, and I see the benefits of it, but Robert Lamb from Stuff to Blow Your Mind made a really good point mm-hmm. about how with things like the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus, we do a really bad job as a culture differentiating between, like, myth and tradition. Right. And it has to be taken so literal and become, like, a lie to children. I have, res- I have, I have resented the Santa Claus lie for a long time, and I'm really happy to be done with that because it really made me feel uncomfortable. And honestly. there's some, yeah, there's some double think. It's so strange too because on um, on another podcast, stuff they don't want you to know. One of the points that haunted me before for years on that show was most people growing up in the U.S. Just statistically speaking, the first conspiracy theory they learn about is Santa Claus. And the conspiracy thing is real. Can you like that changes the way you think about authority and and parents and yeah. anyone over ten? Do you remember Pete and Pete, the Nickelodeon show? Yeah, the, vaguely, the two redheaded yeah. brothers. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. I, I just swear. remember the tattoo. I yeah. thought the tattoo Petunia. was cool. Yeah, and yeah. you'd make her dance or whatever. Yeah. But that show also had a bunch of really cool uh, guest appearances from like interesting musicians, like Michael Stipe. Mm-hmm. First place I ever heard of who Iggy Pop was. But in that show, there's a thing called like the International Adult Conspiracy. I believe is what it's called. <laughs> And that is exactly what this kind of stuff is. It is an agreed upon uh, lie that you'd feed your children. And I just felt uncomfortable with it because I'm like, is she going to ever trust anything I say again? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if she figures it out herself and I never like come clean. Oh, speaking of coming clean, it's time to introduce everybody to our mutual favorite part of our show. Super producer Casey Pegram. Casey, I've got to ask. When did you figure out that the Tooth Fairy was not, in fact, a supernatural creature? I think I figured it out pretty early on and kind of kept up the illusion for a little bit for my parents' benefit, maybe, or my own financial benefit. Well, that's what I'm saying, because once you stop believing, then the the cash dries up. Yeah. What was your exchange rate for a tooth, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I want to say maybe Five or ten bucks. Oh, wow. That's pretty rich. Yeah. And uh, if you're a child in the United States in 2013, you got an average of $3.70 per lost tooth. And that's a 23% jump over last year's rate, 2012's rate, of $3 a tooth. And it's interesting, too, because this is obviously an average. So uh, some kids might get a 20 spot for their tooth. Some kids might just get a buck. And I believe that that was tracked regionally Mm -hmm. and that it was found that in the South, where we live, uh, that's where the tooth fairy was the stingiest. Uh, And I believe up North Uh uh, is where they Mm. were were, uh, a bit more generous. Yeah. So this is weird. I'm not going to say who in my family, but there was also a practice that I thought was normal wherein it was kind of a surprise or a gamble to see how much money the tooth fairy would leave you because our tooth fairy in our family was like pretty, uh, pretty discerning. And so some teeth would get more money because they were better somehow, like a canine tooth that had a point was considered, you know, a nice, it's like tulips. It was like tulips. Except with just this invisible fairy creature. Yeah, and speaking of, like, you know, tooth fairy money as some sort of financial indicator, Delta Dental, who I believe we actually go through uh, through our company, mm-hmm. um, a dental insurance company, actually tracked the average exchange for a tooth uh, from 2000 up to 2016, and they correlated it with the changes in the S&P 500 market and found – 
that it was pretty close. Oh, wow. Interesting. And this is super interesting, Ben. This is a lot of this Ooh. is from a fabulous article from our friends over at Mental Floss. Um, the Tooth Fairy inspired this researcher to come up with something called Tooth Fairy Science. Do you want to talk about that, Ben? Tooth Fairy Science. Yeah, it's important, but it's not near as whimsical as it sounds. An Air Force flight surgeon, skeptic, and critic of alternative medicine named Dr. Harriet Hall coined this term to essentially describe the importance of making sure some event, object, or phenomena is real before attempting to study it. That's right. Because the example here is if you are studying uh, the amount of money that the tooth fairy leaves and averaging it out, um, you might think that you're just studying the behavior of to the tooth fairy or tooth fairies. Um, but what you're actually studying is the behavior of parents. And so if you are studying a thing that doesn't really exist, there might be another thing that is actually doing the thing that you're studying that you never even considered. And so oh. it's just an important way to create good data and also to plan good studies. Yeah. And this is interesting because we're we're looking at so many cultural things that – describe the tooth fairy, one of the things that I think is fascinating, and it's one of, something we were focusing on for this episode, is the origin of the tooth fairy because there, there are so many things like Santa Claus, Christmas trees, uh, the Easter bunny, things of that nature that we accept growing up as normal normal things, you know, even though uh, many of these will be tied to a religious practice, secular kids practice them too because Christmas or Hanukkah, that, that kind of stuff is just cool. You know what I mean? And what I think will surprise a lot of people here is that the origins of the tooth fairy are, at least the tooth fairies we understand it in the U.S., the origins are, are fairly recent. We can trace back ancient tales of Tooth-related rites of passage. That's right. That stuff is really fascinating. Like tooth tossing, the throwing of the teeth, which mm -hmm. is uh, appears across several different cultures, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. The Vikings did it, mm -hmm. especially baby teeth. Yeah, yeah. The offering of a tooth to a rat because it would make your, like, a, a rat or a rodent of some sort because it was thought to uh, ensure that the child's teeth would grow strong. <laughs> And that's really interesting when we get into the modern day tooth fairy myth, or at least the story that likely was the cause of it, mm -hmm. um, where the tooth fairy is, in fact, a rodent. Yes, yes, it's true. So we know that at least in Europe, the ritual of, of how to handle one's uh, shed baby teeth is is global. There are just different rituals around it. Like you said, Noel, uh, this tradition in Europe, at least, dates back to the earliest written records in Norse and Northern European cultures. And during the Middle Ages, there were superstitions about children's teeth, like you had to burn your baby teeth to save a child from hardship in the afterlife. Or um, you would wear children's teeth to bring you good luck in battle. Or you would bury teeth to hide them from witches. And it's interesting because back then it was thought that if a witch were to get a hold of your teeth, the witch would have power over you. It's kind of weird, right? It is a little weird. So what's this, uh, what's this original story? Because we can kind of trace it back, right? Oh, it's neat, but it's really cool because it kind of incorporates some of the things we were just talking about. So it turns out that the tooth fairy, the origins of the tooth fairy, date back to 18th century France when a fairy tale called, oh boy, 
I'm going to try to do Casey Proud. La bonne petite soirée. La bonne petite soirée. Soirée. Yeah. And what does that translate to, sir? It's like the good little mouse. Oh, it's the good little mouse. And it's the good little Casey on the case. So, this is the story of Le Bon Petit Soirée, the good little mouse. There is a, uh, an evil king who imprisons a good queen. And the queen is sort of like a, you know, a Snow White type figure. She can talk to the animals and all that. And so she gets a little mouse to help her out of this jam. That's right. That's right. And the mouse, luckily for her, turns out not to just be an intelligent, plucky little uh, rodent. Also, the mouse is secretly a fairy and once revealed to be a member of the fair folk or a fae, uh, the former mouse frees the queen and then knocks out all of the king's teeth. Yikes. <laughs> At which point, uh, as I guess you would naturally do in fairy tale logic, he hides these teeth under the king's pillow and then eventually has the king killed. Oh, so that's not creepy at all. Well, we could do, you know, we, I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard stories before about how much more morbid and graphic the original version of fairy tales are. You know what I mean? So don't let the uh, patina of Disney feel-goodery fool you about the true nature of fairy tales. But that's fantastic, right? So this goes back to what we were saying earlier about the cultural thing with rodents. That's right. Rodents and teeth and the sacrifice of teeth, the offering up of teeth. And the pillow even. Exactly, yeah. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. Hmm. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. 
they also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So let's fast forward a little bit to an especially pivotal article that was written in 1908. That's right, um, because one of the earliest uh, mentions of the tooth fairy, which that, that is not the language used in, in the play, right? No, no, it's, it's, more, it's the cute little mouse fairy, mm -hmm. right? There are teeth involved in the pillow, and that, that kind of cements the whole mythology of the tooth fairy, but it doesn't really have a name yet. So in a column in the Chicago Daily Tribune in 1908 uh, called Household Hints, somebody writes in and suggests that um, – I'm going to quote it. And this is also cribbing this from this Mental Floss article that has a, a list of unexpected things about the tooth fairy. Um, Many a refractory child – will allow a loose tooth to be removed if he knows about the tooth fairy. If he takes his little tooth and puts it under the pillow, when he goes to bed, the tooth fairy will come in the night and take it away, and in its place will leave some little gift. And then you got a play that comes out in uh, the late 20s um, mm -hmm. by Esther Watkins called The Tooth Fairy. Right. And that's history. And this was a re-release of that original French story, The Good Little Mouse, it was in English. It was in 1927 specifically. And this is where the mouse fairy character becomes cemented uh, with some of the imagery that we have seen before, the wings in particular. And there, there are scattered references afterwards and in, in around this time to the tooth fairy in the first half of the 20th century, but it doesn't really hit its boom, its uh, Malcolm Gladwell-esque tipping point until after World War II because one of the most popular stories in Collier's Magazine in 1949 mentions the Tooth Fairy. And this, you know, this makes it a little bit more legitimate. But uh, from what, what we found, the Tooth Fairy didn't even enter... Uh, an encyclopedia until, what, the late 70s? That's right, yeah. A very modern and American creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much more recent than you might think. 
And according to some people who have researched the uh, history of the tooth fairy, such as Michael Hingston over at Salon, we can't overestimate the amount of influence corporations had over the creation of tooth fairy. So we said, so like, you know, the old story with Santa Claus before the Coca-Cola Santa, the appearance of Santa varied widely. He might be really skinny. His costume differed. But once a soda company made this sort of uh, pleasant, ruddy-cheeked guy who was always wearing the same costume. That's right. They they sort of codified this icon uh, first in the U.S. and now around the world. That's how people think of Santa Claus often. So he points the finger at another corporate entity that sort of solidified the idea of the tooth fairy. And you can find this article. It's called Don't Tell the Kids the Real History of the Tooth Fairy. In this, he delves into the work of perhaps the most influential, most prominent tooth uh, fairy scholar? researcher, scholar. Yeah, tooth fairy scholar. Sure. Rosemary Wells, right? Exactly. Rosemary Wells. And she saw what we've been seeing that uh, the practice of, you know, um, dealing with teeth in a ritualistic way, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better. Yeah, I know. Uh, was a thing across cultures. But th- there was precious little known about the the origins of the tooth fairy. And she's the one who kind of dug in and found a lot of this stuff and really went to town. She interviewed all kinds of folks, anthropologists and parents and kids, and came out with a, a series of articles um, to get to the heart of this uh, mythical Creature, the root character, the root, indeed, the root. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke from a previous episode. It's true, it was a callback. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she dove into this and became known as like the global expert on these traditions, the evolution of this in, in the zeitgeist. Uh, she even opened up the <laughs> the Tooth Fairy Museum. In her home in Deerfield, Michigan. So people who study this will tell you that there are several factors that led to the tooth fairies um, agreed upon depiction here in the U.S. I mean, first, we should mention for a long time, no one agreed what the tooth fairy looked like, yeah, right? that's right. It wasn't really a prominent feature. It was just kind of a winged, tiny creature. A thing that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, especially since the origins were it being a literal mouse. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so this changes a little bit. The animation giant Disney starts using fairies and fairy godmothers in the 1950s in a lot of their films, like Tinkerbell and Cinderella. That's right. So you get this image of like, this is what a fairy That's looks right. like. That's right. It's not a long jump to just insert that visual that Disney provided the public consciousness with, and there you got your tooth fairy. Yeah, it's like, hey, see, this is what a fairy looks like. Now, that one's just a, a tooth-themed fairy, exactly. for lack of a better exactly. phrase. I've always pictured the tooth fairy as being a Tinkerbell-esque figure. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm right there with you, man. There's, there's another thing that happens here right around the same time, because we said the tooth fairy didn't really blow up till post-World War II U.S., right? It's an economic boom. There's an increase in prosperity. If you're living through the Great Depression, you might not have a nickel to give a kid. Absolutely not, and that would be a frivolous use of a nickel. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, at least as it's argued in Forbes magazine, uh, the child-centered view of the American family doesn't really come into play until post-World War II. Now, again, this is Forbes, but the author argues that 
after World War II, it became normal for parents to cater to their children. To kind of dote on them. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Before they had them like out working in the fields or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. There's an interesting idea here too, which is uh, equating a painful, scary experience for children to some sort of reward. Yeah, like you be brave, get that tooth out, you got a dollar coming your way or, or a nickel or whatever. Super capitalist. Not to mention, you can even double down on that and make it about like, hey, you brush your teeth real well, the tooth fairy will give you more money or whatever, you know? Oh, nice. Well, parenting, parenting jujitsu, my friend. Did you do that? Of course. That's a great move, yeah, Noel. Yeah, I'm impressed yeah, yeah. with you. So we I think we already talked. But now she knows I'm a dirty liar. So, <laughs> you know, nothing I say will ever hey, stand again. You tell her you're a dirty liar who kept her teeth clean. That's true. It might be a Jack Nicholson moment for you. Like in that, what was that? What's the name of that film? A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. Yeah. <laughs> you can't handle the tooth. That's funny. That's cute, Ben. I like that. Uh, speaking of handling the teeth, that's another part of the whole rigmarole is you got to kind of sneak in like a thief in the night mm-hmm. and, and abscond with the tooth from under your sleeping child's pillow and then shove it somewhere. I have a drawer full of baby teeth somewhere. I always pictured you as that kind of guy. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, you told me a really interesting story about uh, someone who stumbled upon a cache of teeth. In a building, in the walls of a building here in Georgia? Yes, that's true. In October of this year in Valdosta, Georgia, which is uh, in South Georgia, for people unfamiliar with the state, there were some construction workers who were at the TB Converse building, and they were trying to prepare the place for, they were essentially trying to renovate it, and they wanted to get it ready for a new commercial tenant. And that's when they discovered around 1,000 individual teeth buried in a wall on the second floor. If the tooth fairy were in fact real, yeah, I know, you were just shuddering your way through this one. I appreciate you sticking sticking with it, taking one for the team. But that would be like the tooth fairies like Burrow, like Den perhaps. That's what they do with the teeth, right? That's the, to me as a kid, that was the weirdest thing. sick, isn't it? What the hell is that fairy doing with those teeth? Like the bone collector. Right, right. Like the bone club, like any, I mean, if you think about it, this is a weirdly common trope, like cereal mascots, you know, like the Lucky Charms guy, he's just taking all these charms. What's he doing with them? It's freakish. I know. And he's also really skinny too. So he's always not eating at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the tooth fairy is putting the teeth in its mouth and getting a bigger smile, though that's a great idea for a horror story. And there is, in fact, a, a spooky tooth fairy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a silly tooth fairy starring The Rock mm-hmm. and then subsequent, I believe, straight-to-video sequels, Larry the Cable Guy. So I would love to see Tom Waits' tooth fairy. It's like a haggard old wizard with, like, tiny wings, and he comes in, and he's like, shush, shush. Gotta keep quiet. Mr. Pocket. <laughs> Mr. Pocket. That's great. Yes, uh, if you guys haven't seen uh, Tom Waits in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> we gotta let it go, man. An absolute delight. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football 
football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in, and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated, experienced drivers, and you receive those real-time notifications, as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your teen enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents, plus you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So I feel like we, we've learned a lot here. The Tooth Fairy is, at least the way we understand it, is so much more recent. It's that cross-pollination of this mouse that sneaks into a kid's bedroom and then this general idea of the quote-unquote good fairy, right? We just sort of smushed them together, America-style. Melting pot. A melt, there we go. Yeah, we fondued it. And uh, then it caught on and spread like wildfire. I, I feel like there's also an economic aspect to this, too. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like uh, put your teeth under your pillow and you get to spend more time with your loved ones. It's put your teeth under your pillow. Here's $3.70. Yeah, and, the, and those dollars and nickels and tens and twenties and, God, I wonder if any kid ever got a hundred. Surely. Surely, yeah, somewhere. Must be nice. Anyway, yeah, um, add up in 2015 to $256 million. Um, that is is bonkers. Yeah, and there's, okay, I, I found the quote that I wanted to I wanted to recite here about the economic part, and I appreciate you putting in that, that huge number, that statistic for us. So going back to uh, Christina Kilgrove's article in Forbes, 
She says the tooth fairy holds a shorter and less visible pedigree than Santa Claus, but her macroeconomic function in today's society differs only in degree. Santa Claus's promise is pre-monetary. Goodness gets you Barbies or a Rambo doll. The tooth fairy's promise is more modern. Anything, even your own body, can be turned into gold. That, in its final reductive wisdom, is precisely the vaunted magic of free enterprise. That is uh, dark <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and spot on, <laughs> right. actually. Uh, man, do you want to rattle off a couple of these uh, other maybe non-monetary traditions at the end here? Or <laughs> yeah. should we just leave it with that amazing quote? I th- I don't know. Let's Maybe we can find something a little less... Dark? Dark, yeah. Let's talk about uh, some of the other traditions that persist. Let's travel around the world. So we've been to the United States, uh, but we talked about, we we talked about tooth uh, tossing, right? Yeah, it's true. In uh, countries like Turkey and even Greece or Mexico, um, kids throw their teeth onto the roof. Why? I don't know. <laughs> That's where they belong. Good good luck, I guess. Uh, I, I'm not sure, Ben. You mentioned something earlier about how it would uh, maybe um, encourage healthy growth of, of adult teeth. Mm-hmm. But um, in the Philippines, Korea, India, and uh, Vietnam, only the lower teeth get tossed. Oh, I remember this because the upper teeth go on the floor. That's right. And the idea is that through, I guess, sympathetic magic or attraction – the uh, new tooth will grow toward the old one. Smart. Makes sense, right? It does make sense. Uh, And then there are other tooth-tossing things where uh, sometimes the kid will yell out a wish while they're tossing a tooth. Got it. Which makes, I guess, makes more sense to me for some reason because it feels like an exchange, very instant exchange. Well, I don't have a tooth to throw, Ben, but I wish we could just keep talking about teeth forever but I don't think you'd make it. You're shuddering at this point. You're you're literally, you're in a cold sweat. Yeah, but we're doing this for the ridiculous historian. That's very true. Doing, I'm doing it for you all. Uh, throughout Central Asia, if you have a kid that loses a tooth, remember it's traditional to put the tooth into some fat and feed it to a dog. Please don't try that. I don't know how a dog would digest a tooth. This is done because the idea is that the grown-up tooth that replaces it will be as strong as a dog's tooth. And if there's no dog around, bury it by a tree so that the new tooth has strong roots. That's no, that's that's a quote from uh, Mental Floss. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> so do you have kids? How did you handle the tooth fairy growing up? You know what I mean? I, I'd love to hear from people who didn't really have it as a thing in their house because not everybody does. Absolutely. Or if you're a parent, how do you feel about the tooth fairy lie? Let us know. You can write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com, or you can hit us up on our Facebook group, The Ridiculous Historians, uh, where we just have a good old time hanging out by the internet fire, you know, warming ourselves, burning our teeth, drinking hot cocoa together with uh, the other ridiculous historians that hang out there. It's a lot of fun. Casey gets on, Jonathan Strickland, the quizzer, gets on, or, or as you like to call him, Ben the Quizzler. Just to take him down a peg. You got to take him down a peg. When he sometimes. gets big. He is a haughty boy. Sometimes he gets big. A little, little too big. A <laughs> little big. A little big. <laughs> so uh, thanks also to uh, Alex Williams, who composed our track. Thanks to you, Noel Brown. Uh, and it sounds like you've done a pretty solid job navigating the ethically fraught path of parenthood. Well, you know, when it all came out, uh, she definitely didn't hate me or distrust me. So I guess I, I'm doing okay. We'll see you next time, folks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is brought to you by Discover. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. 